Welcome to Small Business Spoonfuls Podcast, a laid-back discussion of the serious HR topics and trends of today. Sponsored by HelpDeskForHR.com. Hey, compliance warriors and HR bosses. Lisa Smith here again. Today is Monday, January 29th, and I am here today talking about hiring Gen Z. Oh my goodness. This has become quite a a hot topic. Have you heard about this? Well, I got to tell you, there there have been articles um, that have been coming out over the last month, really, about this survey that was published at intelligent.com, which said 38% of hiring managers say that they prefer to hire older workers over Gen Z or recent college graduates, which would be Gen Z. And the reason they cite is that they say Gen Z workers are unprepared for the workforce. So, you know, all I kind of, I can read all these statistics to you and everything, but I would really like to hear your thoughts on this. So, you know, definitely comment here. Um, you know, write me at support at helpdeskforhr.com. And also you could, you know, leave a voice, um, a voice comment in the, with using the link that's provided. Because this is one of those things that, you know, I feel like, you know, we just can't go with a survey. I, I feel like we need to sort of sound off and discuss this a little bit. Because surveys can be you know, narrow-minded. Now, I'm not saying that this survey is wrong and that the people who took this survey did not feel this way. But, you know, it's just an interesting thing. Now, I am Gen X. So, of course, I am super happy to hear that employers are, you know, interested or wanting to hire people in my age group, especially people over 40, people over 50, You know, a lot of times this is a segment of the workforce that gets, you know, pushed to the side, really. And uh, if they find out that you are of a certain age, you know, the assumption is you're going to want more money. And, you know, maybe there are other assumptions that go on, too. You're closer to retirement. I had, um, I was reading a in a group one time of HR folks and someone wrote that they're looking for a way not to hire someone who was 60 years old. What advice, you know, did the rest of the group have because, you know, this person is just too close to retirement age and, you know, we're looking for someone that's willing to stay five to 10 years. And the overwhelming response to this poster was, Well, how do you know if you hire somebody younger that they're going to stay one year? You know, you don't know. I mean, if we look at the statistics, the younger a person is, the shorter time they stay with a job, you know, and and that's just maybe that's always been a statistic or, or maybe not. But it seems to be one over the last 10 years, at least, right, that has grown. And so you look at someone who is 60, sure, maybe they'll leave in five years, but they've got all this experience and, you know, 
and all this knowledge that they've accumulated over their 60 years. And then you could hire someone who was 22, 25, and I'm sure they would do a great job and nothing against anyone in that age group. But, you know, is that going to guarantee that this person stays for 30 years and gets the gold watch? You know, I mean, no, I mean, actually, with just a few exceptions, I mean, those days are over. You know, that was like a baby boomer kind of deal where it may be some Gen Xers too, but it was really, you know, those, those generations that were a little further, you know, back and they would go and they would look for the job. And like, I remember getting out of um, high school and I graduated, you know, a few years ago <laughs> and um, that I remember leaving high school and my friends were saying, oh yeah, you know, we're going to go to college and, you know, we're going to get a job with a big corporation and, you know, accrue all of the, the benefits and the retirement and, you know, live the good life. And then I had another friend who was not going to go to college. And she said, you know, well, my dad advised me to go down to the city or the county and to get on doing something and to work my way up and stay there, you know, 30 or 40, 50 years and then retire. And that's exactly what she did. Actually, she started uh, with the city as a clerk in one of the departments and worked her way up to tax assessor collector. And then I'm going to say she was there a good, it was more than, more than 40 years. Well, no, it was right at 40 years. Sorry, maybe 39 years, but right at 40 years. And then she, then she retired and, um, you know, so that worked out for her, but me, so here I am in the same age group as all these people, you know, graduating in my same class. And my thought was never in the world once to go get a job and be there for 40 years. So that's just my mindset. You know, I mean, if I liked a job, I, I think the longest I kept a job was, and I was mainly self-employed. It was sort of like a independent contract type thing. So I could make my own hours and everything. I did that for 10 years. And um, of course, now I'm self-employed with help desk for HR. I can work for myself for, from now until the end of my life because I don't mind working for me. Um, but other than that, the longest job I held was six years. And some of that was due to moving with the, the Air Force. And some of it was just, you know, I'm not going to work in one job for a billion years. And, and, you know, honestly, another reason was because of, of the inequality that I faced in the workforce as well. So, you know, here I am being a woman of a certain age, <laughs> a lot of folks younger than me, you know, millennials and Gen Z folks that I talked to, they are just really surprised to hear some of the things that you know, a woman my age has, you know, dealt with in the workplace, you know, for instance, being told, well, honey, you're not going to make the same as a man because you don't have a family to support. And then, you know, I would say, well, I'm doing the same work more and, and more a lot of times, you know, 
and uh, they would tell me, oh, well, you know, honey, that's just the way it is. And I'd get called honey and sweetie. And, and, you know, you felt like you were just a little baby being patted on the head, being told, go play. The adults are talking, you know, and that's, but that's how that, that generation did and does things if they are still in the workforce. And and I know many of them are. I hear this from HR all the time. My boss is really old school. You know, they do this, they do that. And and so that's not that's not surprising, but it is surprising to a lot of younger folks because they maybe haven't dealt with as much of that in the workplace, even though it still exists. They haven't dealt with as much of that. And, you know, so I'm always surprised to see the the surprise on their faces when we have these conversations. But but yeah, so, you know, certainly it's it's a great survey for people who, you know, may be feeling like they're being sidelined, marginalized because of their age. Sure. Um, but, you know, is it fair to Gen Z? Well, you know, I don't think that we can say anything is fair as an overall generalization. I mean, it's like being, you know, told, well, all women are going to have children. So don't hire women who are under 30 or, you know, under 40, because they're going to be in those years where they want to have kids. And we don't want to go down that road. You know, I mean, that I've heard that in the workplace for ever and ever and ever, you know, being said, oh, well, I, I liked that applicant. I liked her, but she was, she's right at childbearing age. You know, I mean, so this stuff isn't new. And as much as we think that the workplace has progressed and we've become more fair to workers, sometimes we just go right back to our old habits, whether we know it or not. And so, you know, a lot of these folks in the survey are probably Gen Xers and a lot of them are probably millennials who took this survey, because we have some older millennials in the workforce now, right? And so, so yeah. So, so one of the things they said about Gen Z is, well, Gen Z is unprepared. So why are they unprepared? Well, they said they don't have good communication skills. And, you know, so there could be some validity there on the interpersonal side not but you still can't generalize that but there there might be because you know gen z has grown up with chat rooms and i know that's an old term from an old gal like me um <laughs> but they've grown up with message boards maybe that's a better way to say it or you know and apps and so maybe the interpersonal you know is a little different for them they've they've had tons of friends on their video game you know world of warcraft or fortnite or whatever tons of friends played with big groups of people and and worked well together and learned how to work as a team and learned how to direct a team learned how to plan a project you know, playing these video games, that's all very valuable information that we can transfer into our workplaces. And so, you know, it's not totally fair to say that they're just unprepared because maybe in some ways, yes, but they're also young. 
And we were all young and unprepared at one point. You know, I'm Gen X. And so we were the lost generation who would never amount to anything. We were a bunch of Spicolis, if you know who that is from Fast Time at Ridgemont High, Jeff Spicoli. We were a bunch of Spicolis that didn't understand how the world really worked. And all we thought about was partying and, you know, like, but come on, it's the people that were criticizing us that brought forth the, you know, revolution of the 60s and 70s with, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. So, I mean, <laughs> those were our parents, you know, so, so we're getting criticized by the people who were, you know, acting out more than we were and, at that point. And, you know, we're, but we're doing the same thing. And it happens to all the generations, right? So another criticism for Gen Z is, well, they also don't know how to dress. And so, okay, so maybe that's a little more true than it was back in my day when everything was all buttoned up, preppy attire, you know? Okay, so, you know, whatever, but maybe maybe they can learn that. I mean, and you just can't say all Gen Z people don't know how to dress because that's not fair either. Um, you just have to tell people what the dress code is. And if they want the job, then they'll do it. And of course, your dress codes have to be compliant <laughs> and non-discriminatory. We can go down that road all day long. Um, oh, and then the other one is they have outrageous salary demands. They won't turn their cameras on for interviews. And, you know, like for a remote interview, for instance, and they can't manage their workload. They're late to work. They miss deadlines. Well, you know what? I know a lot of people of all ages that have those very same problems, very same issues. Some of them don't know how to dress for the office either. <laughs> and some of them think they're worth way more than they are. But we also have to remember that Gen Z brings to the table, you know, technical skills uh, with technology specifically that you know, Gen X didn't have out of the box because we didn't grow up with that level of technology. We, you know, we had Atari and stuff like that, but we didn't grow up with the hard technology. Millennials did grow up with more of that. And, but some of them were 10 years old before they even started playing around with it, you know? So, so that's, you know, that's not a, a given. And, but Gen Z doesn't really remember a world without it unless their parents just didn't let them use it. You know, I mean, they just don't remember a world without it. They don't know that. And so, you know, so maybe there are things they bring to the table that we're overlooking, right? Maybe they're, maybe they do know how to manage a workload. It just needs to be put to them in terms they can understand. And so getting to know the generation and not just assuming things about the generation is of course very important. And so, you know, we have to just think about some of these things, um, you know, yeah, maybe there are going to be some salary demands that, you know, some of the folks aren't comfortable with. But at the end of the day, who is running the show? You know, we are the employers. Oh, sorry, I have I have a lot of um, dogs in the background here, <laughs> but we're the employers. We're making the rules. And, oh, I have a grandkid walking in right now. So say hi, Cora. Hi. Talk into here. Hi. Okay, say hi, Noah. 
Hi. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to take a quick break to deal with my Gen Z issues here. <laughs> and then I will be right back. So stay tuned. Okay, great. I'm back. I took care of my Gen Z issues. <laughs> my precious grandchildren. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, you know, we're the employers, we make the rules. So we have to make smart rules, smart decisions. We have to know the value of individuals. We have to know the values of our market. And we have to realize that, you know, times are changing, salaries are increasing. And as hard as it is for businesses, believe me, I get it. It's hard to see those wages increase when we are having maybe a hard time bringing in the business to cover those wages. Um, those are that that's where we have to think strategically and we have to plan and do the best we can. And so anyway, I am so glad that that I saw this article and that it sparked a lot of conversation um, about, you know, the pushback on hiring the younger group. I'm certainly all for giving everyone the chance they deserve and not for marginalizing anyone, whether it's for being too young or for being too old. Um, or for being a woman, or for being a minority of uh, some other sort, you know, some other protected class. Definitely not for that. <laughs> been been a victim of that, some of that. So, uh, you know, we just, we just got to do what we can do. And so as HR professionals, as bosses and compliance warriors, we obviously are tasked with making smart decisions, with making our big bosses, um, you know, not making, but giving, I should say, our big bosses, the information that they need, the advice that they may or may not want um, that surround some of these, you know, some of these issues. So anyway, I hope that um, you guys will give me some feedback on what I've said, whether you agree or not, just feedback. Let's have a conversation. You've got the link there to leave a voice comment, or you can certainly always write me at support at helpdeskforhr.com. And by the way, if you're not a member of Helpdesk for HR, come over and check us out, man. I mean, we got a lot going on over here and you know, you're not going to find a better service. You're just not. I mean, and if you do, let me know who it is and let's match side by side and let's see uh, what I can do better. Because over here at Help Desk for HR, our team is just on the spot. They are just on it, right? So anyway, come over, give us a give us a shout out and check out our demo videos. And, you know, you never know. You might see some kind of a special price floating around and We'd love for you to take advantage of it. So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up right here for this evening, afternoon, morning, whatever time of day you're listening. And I hope that you'll um, give us a good like, a comment, go ahead and subscribe, um, give us a rating, you know, whatever. Just let us know what you're thinking and come back and listen to us. And in the meantime, 
go out there and do your best and be audit secure. See you next time. If you would like to learn more about our team and the services we provide, head over to helpdeskforhr.com. Our 8,000 plus members enjoy the essential training, tools, and support they need to keep up with ongoing legal changes, as well as maintaining solid HR and employment law compliance. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you hear, we'd love to hear from you, either by leaving us a review or you can email us at support at helpdeskforhr.com.